Hey everybody, I'm Travis. And I'm Richard. We're in a band together called Chasing Anthems. We're also friends with similar interests and a passion for music. We're family men and most importantly, followers of Christ. We've met many bands along our musical journey. And we look forward to meeting many more. We created this podcast to introduce our friends we've met along the way. And to share their story as well as ours about what we've learned and experienced. And have some meaningful conversations regarding our faith. You ready? Let's get into this, man. All right, welcome to Chasing Anthems and Friends. We are so stoked to have one of our dear, near dear good friends with us today, Jonathan Wainsgard who is a triple threat, um, which you are going to learn during this. He might be a quadruple threat now, threat now that I think about it. He is a musician. He's a worship leader. And he owns a music business. And we're going to learn all about that today. Hopefully, we're going to try to cover a lot of ground. But we're just so excited that he took time out of his busy schedule and family to uh, chat with us and tell us all about all of his knowledge and his experience and hopefully some wild stories along the way. So with that being <laughs> said, thank you, Jonathan, for uh, joining us today and, you know, going down this journey with us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. I'm excited to just have a conversation. He's good. like, where is this going, Richard? Like <laughs> what's going to happen? Here? Is it, is it yeah. too late to pull out? I promise you it's not going to be that like, bad. Are there stories in my life that you guys know about? And I don't, I don't know if it's <laughs> well, like, I, there could I, be. I, uh, me and your dad are becoming good friends and you know, did an FBI background <laughs> check too. And the CIA came yeah. in and gave us some really good information. We have some baby photos go. that your mother wanted me to show. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's yeah. go deep. She will. <laughs> oh, I know. She, she will proudly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you have my mom's number too. So this could be a dangerous game. <laughs> that's that's true. Roulette there is reciprocity. <laughs> So take us take us deep back before we get into all of the things you're doing and you know your business and your worship music and leading all that kind of good stuff. When did music start for you? When did you pick up that first instrument and catch the bug and want to pursue this in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you mentioned my dad. He's he's kind of the reason for it all. Uh, yeah, he he. When he and my mom became Christians, which was after they'd been married a little while, um, they started going to this little Bible study, and there was a, a lady there named Sharon Taylor who is now passed away, um, but she was playing piano for it and leading the music, and she started to get to know my dad, and she recognized he could sing and and uh, that he played the guitar a little bit, and she was kind of like, you should do this with me. And he didn't realize it was like two months later, she's going, okay, and now it's yours. I'm done. Right. You know? and, and so that um, sounds like worship music. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I, I got some of those stories. <laughs> right. Yeah. So at any rate, I grew up with him leading music at a little Bible study. And, um, and I was like, he's my hero. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I remember probably eight, nine, 10 years old, somewhere in there going dad i want to learn to play the guitar and he, him saying oh you got to learn to play the piano first 
And uh, I was kind of like, well, if I have to, but I, and I put up, I guess, enough of a stink that he's like, okay, fine. I'll just teach you to play guitar. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, I was really into it and not singing was not a, a thing. I really, I like singing with people, but I tend to be a lot more of a, an introvert. So the idea of standing up in front of people singing was like that, that, that was not real high on my interest list. And, uh, so I, I played as I got a little bit better, could, you know, handle four chords. I'd play with my dad at a Bible study and, and, uh, now and then sing with him when I felt like I felt confident with the song. And those were always, you know, kind of special memories. And as I, got into high school played guitar more and more and and i i thought of myself not as a like a rhythm player i'm like oh, i want to play lead i love blues and and uh you know influenced by you know a lot of grunge music and things like that which come to think of it i didn't actually listen to that much it was more like you know i was in that sort of sheltered sheltered culture of christian music where you you know the closest you got was DC Talk, Jesus Freak was kind of oh, yeah. sounded like that. I rocked that album. I love that album. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So my mom would, I remember going to, there's a, a little Christian bookstore called The Sign of the Fish where I grew up and, mm -hmm. and we'd go in there and she'd like, okay, well, let's listen to that one. You know, she'd like look at the back and go, well, those look like respectable young men. Well, maybe not that one, you know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. They look a little edgy. So uh, she kind of guided that but i remember do you remember the like cd clubs oh yeah yeah anyway when i was in high school i got one of those and, and i got stevie ray vaughn and bb king and a bunch of blues guys and so i would have those on rotation all the time and my parents were extremely uh patient because i'd sit there with an electric guitar in my bedroom for hours and work through modes and hey dad and check this out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ever, yeah exactly. ever heard of hendrix dad yeah as if that's right he did he not exist yeah right? yeah <laughs> uh yeah so yeah so i i played in in a worship band at school i went to a, a baptist high school and we we did music and played with that singing was not something i wanted to particularly do i sang in a choir and i was always lower much i had no clue what baritone or bass was but i always got stuck there and like always sang like an octave lower in everything at church because it seemed like worship leaders were always high tenors yeah so like i can't do that yeah this doesn't work and uh in college i had some opportunities to do um a lot more music and played in a lot of bands and but so you grew and, up in the southern california area though right yeah yeah how, how far were you down in you were in like lancaster chatsworth yeah area? yeah yeah so north northern uh la county lancaster palmdale yeah. So you were a little far removed from the, the downtown L.A. scene, per se, but you you were on the fringe. Yeah, uh, definitely. We've there learned was... in this podcast that Richard is very geographically confined. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. have to so, put things in framework for him and draw maps. Near, and, uh, near Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> right. In yeah, crayon. To, in crayon. <laughs> yeah. L.A. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah I, my first guitar I got, my dad and I, uh, acoustic guitar, went down in to got a Martin in uh, Hollywood, which was kind oh, of cool. nice. that ain't bad. guitar store. That guitar, guitar center guitar right downtown. It, it didn't end up being guitar center. I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but it was a, a little bit more of a, 
hole in the wall place, but went yeah. there too. It was fun. Nice. So you started at eight, you played all the way through, you played through high school, you played through college. Was there ever a, a point in time where you were wanting to make that a full-time occupation or has it always been like a hobby? Yeah, it's always been a hobby. It okay. was something that I, my dad was a teacher. And so it was like, I want to be a school teacher. And so that I, I met a really cute girl when I was in college and I was like, I'm getting this credential fast so we can put her ring on my finger. And so I, I finished in three and a half years, started teaching. And then it wasn't far into that. I was going, yeah, I, I love teaching, but this whole system of how elementary education works, I, I'm not a real good fit. It took me 14 years to change that. Um, so, I mean, there were some schools that their models worked really well with me and music was always a part of that. So I do a lot of music with my kids in my classrooms and we write songs together about science or if it was a Christian school, we're doing, you know, Bible verses and things like that. And, and, and I was doing a lot more like in high school, I, I felt much more comfortable doing music with kids. And that happened a few times because my dad did. And so then when I was in teaching, I would do music in Christian schools that I taught at. I'd lead worship with children, which was pretty precious. I mean, it's, yeah. They're amazing. Some, you know, sometimes you get, you get a bunch of kids that are like just totally um, caught up in praising the Lord. And, and it's kind of like nothing else, you know. And, uh, but I always viewed a teaching adults and leading adults and singing as something that was not me. And I didn't feel like I had the capability of doing. And then when we moved to the other side of California, went up to Reading, um, we ended up in this little tiny church um, where my, my brother-in-law, Matt, uh, who's the main teaching pastor at our church right now, uh, he and his wife, Leslie, and Leslie is my wife's sister. So that's the connection there. Um, they didn't have anybody to do music. And so there was, there was a guy that played the piano. And so they're kind of like, Hey, you've done some of this. You got the Why short straw. It was a tiny church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like 12 to 20 people, you know, it was, it was little. Yeah. And so I, I did not feel confident vocally at all and, and everything because everything's always been keyed too high for me. And so it was like, I just, agree. Everything. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured it was around that time the church got um, song select on CCLI. Mm, and I was like, yep. oh, I can change the key. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, that this was is a game revolutionary. Changer. Yeah, absolutely. And so that became, started to become a tool. And I started taking some vocal lessons. And so then we ended up, um, my son has cystic fibrosis and uh, we, um, realized we needed to get closer to Sacramento because that's where his doctor was. And uh, my father-in-law started pastoring this little church in Copperopolis. And it had like, you know, we'd come down now and then and, and I'd do music with my mother-in-law because she has a great alto. And uh, there were like 17 people. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> kind of felt comfortable. Yeah, very similar. And uh, that was, you know, we moved here nine about nine years ago. And the Lord's been really gracious because I would never have 
pictured myself doing what I do right now. So like Richard asked, you know, is this something you ever wanted to make a, you know, did, did you picture being a musician going on the road? That was not what I pictured. This has just been kind of like the Lord very graciously going, okay, we're going to stretch you a little more. We're going to stretch you a little more. And yeah, and, uh, it's been a, a really good thing. And it, it's interesting because the two things that I never pictured myself doing one teaching adults and, and two leading adults in music has been kind of what the Lord has continued to push me toward and, and kind of moved my passion to shepherding people. And music is, is one of the main ways that I do that is, is to, you know, it, not that, that the music at church is, um, beside the point <laughs> it is the point but in some ways i i care as much or more about the spiritual formation of the people involved in the music at church as i do about how we sound yeah. um, i want it to sound nice and and come off well but but ultimately i i care about their hearts and and um seeing them fully formed in the image of Christ. And, and, uh, you know, I, in many ways, I've found myself often being kind of like, um, Peter or sorry, Paul talks about in second Corinthians nine, where he, he talks about the thorn in the flesh and he goes, God, just take this away from me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Lord, <right>. please, <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. And give and, me something and, else. Yeah. And then God replies and he goes, you know, um, my strength is perfected in your weakness. And Paul goes, well, then, I boast all the more in my weakness right. so that yeah. God may be glorified. And in many ways, I, I've felt like that when it comes to music, where um, the things that I've been the weakest in, in my estimation, God has pushed me toward more and more and stretched me more and more. And, um, you know, I, I, that, you know, uh, hopefully it doesn't sound prideful to say that that keeps me humble. <laughs> That's not what I'm you know, I'm trying to not trying to like declare my humility, but I feel like I'm constantly in a position where I'm surrounded by people that are far more talented than I am. And God continues to say, nope, I want you leading these people. I want you being the one doing that. And, and I've frequently come back into like prayer, go like, okay, Lord, here's somebody else. Like, they're really good. I'll step aside. You could take, take them. <laughs> and, and, and I'll talk with Matt and Terry and, and other people. And they're like, no, no, we want you to keep doing this, you know? And, and then <laughs> time will go by and I'll go, oh, okay, God, I get it. I get it. There's this, okay. Cause you have me here for a purpose. And I, there's like, now I, now I see the, the opportunity to shepherd them. And like, that's more of the point um, than it is my ability. And, and graciously, God's also taken the raw, ability that he's given me and he's improved that over time just through the process of doing this um yeah, well, so that's been you're, you're definitely not talking about the sundays that i play because i think that's a whole different story um <laughs> you seem to hear about every sunday that you play too bill comes in did you know travis played guitar no i didn't in <laughs> jonathan you can dispel this rumor uh in my household but uh i only got invited to play drums once <laughs> and and I asked and I love playing drums um I started I got my first drum kit at age three a, a Muppet Babies like animal 
and he's yeah, still yeah, yeah. he's still my inspiration to this day just the style and, and uh his skills are amazing but anyway she said yeah it was good but that's all we could hear it was just drums and uh it's a tiny room and you, you get know. too passionate yeah. you know just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but i was never invited back so uh um, oh, you're fired needless to say well they weren't ready for it you know and the, the great michael uh, j fox but your say, kids will love it your kids will love it so um <laughs> right. i'm a big fan with the kids program no but it, i find it interesting um so even though music wasn't what you had ultimately wanted to pursue you utilize those skill sets in your profession and i could totally relate to that because i struggled big time in school all the way up and into college not knowing what i was going to do and you know, mom and dad were like, well, you need to get a real job. Um, unfortunately, right. <laughs> you know, it would be nice if you become a musician. But the reality is, you know, that that's very difficult. So let's work on something steady and, and then we'll move from there. And so I took a communicate communication class. I think it was uh, speech 101. And I looked at it as a performance and I was like, wow, this is easy. I could talk and, and pass a class and I don't need to write anything and I could be persuasive. Yeah, yeah. So I just pursued that all the way till I landed my first professional job being a trainer. And it's interesting because all those skills that you learn in performing and getting comfortable and being in front of people, a lot of people yeah. just don't have those skills. And it really yeah. gives yeah. you that competitive edge when you move into whatever profession that is to take advantage of it. So I've talked my way out of I pretty much through everything <laughs> all the way to get a degree at a job. So, you know, there you go there's transferable skills you know that may yeah, not be sure. ultimately what you want to do maybe it's still you know your yeah. your weekend uh your weekend warrior band or you're on a worship team and ideally you would like to be doing this full time i mean there's still avenues to use utilize those skill sets that could benefit mm -hmm. you in that profession so i can definitely well, relate yeah. to that technically music he's doing well you're doing music full to right you so you well, guys have let's transition there outfitters Yes. Right. As your full time business. Now, what so you said you loved teaching. Was this what got you out of teaching? And then ultimately, like you guys started uh, Musicians Outfitters. And then like at what point was it sustainable to where like you were able to just say, you know what, I'm leaving everything else behind. I'm going to do this full time. And this is how I'm going to this is how I'm going to be able to make my way. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so. With teaching, it was something that I, the politics of teaching, there's, I, I felt like as, I, I'm a good teacher, but there's so much with um, the, there's an emotional side to what is required in teaching that I would go home and not be a very good dad and husband, having given the best of who I was every day to a bunch of kids that I had for a year and their families and their parents and and the staff at the school and and I'd come home and and not be very kind to my my family and and really impatient with my son and and I was realizing that this was something I felt like it, it, I needed to do something different because um there there I guess struggles that I had with anger and things like that that it was continuing to be a source of of um, not temptation that I wanted to do it, but tripping, you know, it's, it's like if, if you're trying to, <laughs> trying to be on a diet, you, you don't go sit in front of steak at Sizzler, um, Unless you you're get keto, out of there but... and go somewhere else. 
Uh, and so it was like, Lord, what else can I do? What, what do you, I, I, I love teaching at church. I was doing Sunday school classes for adults at church. And uh, that was pretty wonderful and teaching Bible studies and things like that. Um, and so we, my brother-in-law and I had a, a good friend who he had started an eBay business quite a few years back and, and all along the way, he'd been kind of like, I know you want to get out of teaching, John, you could do this. Like, you really could do this. And um, so Matt and I sat down, we're like, okay, I think this would have been in, we sat down in, in January of 2014. We're kind of like, what would it take? What should we sell? What would be our model? How would we do it? And so we sat in Starbucks at Angel's Camp and, and just kind of hashed out a real rough business plan, you know? And so um, that first year was, um, you know, we got some products up on eBay and they started selling. We're like, all right, this is cool, you know? And then we had a lot of misconceptions. So it was one of those where I, I was able to quit my job before the business was able to provide um, because I had, I had some resources in the bank, which was really wonderful. And so I took a sabbatical in 2015 and uh, we started just trying to build as quickly as we could. And I started running out of resources toward the end of 2016 and, or to, toward the end of 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Toward the end of 2016. What were and you selling? What were well, you selling? So yeah, we're what selling anything you could put on a guitar basically. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've had since I was a little kid, just kind of a nerdy obsession with, with instruments, anything about guitars. I, I had this kind of insatiable desire to know about. And so like, Ooh, what's the brand of tuners on that? You know, and Oh, why are, why do they look like this? Or that's a screw and barrel versus a bushing. <laughs> so like just stupid stuff, nobody cares about <laughs> except for maybe uh, luthiers, you know, and, and so I, I'd had that interest. I remember as a little kid, like looking through the Sears catalog, cause they had a whole section on musical instruments and like going to the music store in town, like knowing all the brands and, and just, you know, stuff that now you get Facebook, Facebook groups where everybody has the same interest, which is kind of fun. But uh, so that became kind of almost a, um, an affirmation for lots of years of knowing way too much about stupid things that uh, most people don't care about, which was fun. So it was like, oh, suddenly I can form relationships with these brands and then start to sell them to people who also care about it. And they're trying to, you know, mod their guitar, make it look a certain way or improve the, uh, just the function of it, things like Makes that. Sense. So there was started with that. Yeah, Frankenstrats, things yeah. like that. And so, you know, we started with straps <clears throat> and, and um, eventually we started to get brands like Eddie, um, Ernie Ball and, and um, Daddario and things that were a lot more well-known, um, Terry Grover. And, and that, that's um, not easy to do, right? I mean, without having yeah, an it, actual physical it storefront. It was not easy. Most, most brands would not give us the time of day yeah. in the first couple of years. So we carried a lot of stuff that was just direct from China, which we it, still have relationships with those brands and still carry. Yeah. They want to see like brick and mortar, right? For the most part. They started to change their uh approach around around 2017 2018 there were some brands mm -hmm. that we had contacted and they wouldn't give us the time of day and then 
we kind of made the shift where we started to actually get phone calls from brands oh, where really? they're going, hey, we saw you on Amazon selling Ernie Ball. Would you want to carry Daddario? We're like, wow. yes. <laughs> we yeah. So, so anyway, that we just kept slowly building and, and trying to, you know, I, because we were operating out of basically a, a basement on our property and uh, our expenses were extremely low. So, you know, I functioned on very little income to make it work. And Matt, you know, he's still not taking anything from the business because he was working for the church full time from the get go. And uh, since then, we've hired full time employee, which has been pretty wonderful because the volume that we do is just it's not something I could keep up with on my own. I heard he listens to a lot of YouTube, though. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I get I get good we feedback to uh, there's a there's a great <laughs> channel. Uh, Love you, Kyle. Chasing Anthem. <laughs> keep hitting the like. Keep... That's right. <laughs> You're there pumping that algorithm. That yeah. These two guys, Travis and Richard, do. They're pretty funny. <laughs> Please yeah, like the machine gun Kelly one, Richard. Stuff. That was great. The which one? The machine gun Kelly one. Oh man, yeah. Jazz, had, my wife has been. Um, she's she loves that guy, and I've never I've never been a fan, and so we've kind of argued back. I grew up on Eminem, yeah. so we we've been arguing back and forth, and finally, I was like, I bet I can get some like controversy out if I uh, if I go on, <clears throat> and I did, I did. There's a couple yeah. people who ripped yeah. me apart for uh, saying anything bad about the man. <laughs> I, it's got to be the pink guitar uh, a pink guitar i'm yeah. right out the gate uh, that was hilarious i was like man this guy here we go <laughs> yeah. i i laughed the entire time i uploaded it because i'm like this is gonna create some good feedback uh -huh. <laughs> good bad i guess any pr is good pr so we'll take it and there you know is. the channel is growing i mean it's you put work in and We've seen it's taken a long time, but we just passed a hundred thousand today views and, and it's just taken off. So anyways, we, it's been a lot of fun. So we appreciate your employees support. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Yep. So let's see here. You've been doing this for a while. What would you say is the next five, 10 years? What, what are some benchmarks that you guys are looking as you continue? You know, you went from the basement and now you guys got an awesome shop that you're sitting in for everybody who's listening. He's, he's yeah. you're getting a preview, so go check it out on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, see Bernie Ball straps right by there. Yeah, good straps Ding! too. Um, <laughs> so what, what would be your goal? What, what is your vision for the next five, 10 years where you would like to see the company and what's some of the plans you plan to to do with it as it continues to grow and guitar center musicians outfitters <laughs> there you go that'd be great yeah that'd be great <laughs> that'd be great yeah i it's it's a it's a funny one because as all this has gone on i um realize that in god's sovereignty i I want to be doing what he wants to be doing. <laughs> and I've uh, gone through enough twists and turns in my life where I thought I knew where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. I, I started teaching when I was 21. I was like, I'm going to be 30 years in, I'm going to be retiring and it'll be early. It'll be sweet. And now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't, I have, I have no clue. Um, I've got some ideas, you know, I would like to see the business 
do really well and we you know where we're doing um you know there's always with business there's difference between gross and net and things like that but you know that we've got great profit margins and we're you know doing two three hundred thousand dollars in sales a month but uh, that's a long way off from where we are and and it's uh it's something that doing this business has been probably one of the better uh exercises in faith um that i could have ever experienced teaching is such a cushy job you know you're like i get paid no matter what right Ten union <laughs> i get i get so many um you know days off even though i you know when i'm not off i'm still working or when i'm off i'm usually still working but yeah union is pretty good stuff and so you know where right now it's one of those where i i need to discipline myself to close the door and you know philippians 2 or you're or 4 where you're looking at you know do not be anxious about anything but in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving let your request be made known to god um seek first his kingdom all these things will be added to you and what i found is that um you know when he says all these things will be added to you it's that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be lavish i mean our needs are taken care of and that's that's good um yeah. but there are a lot of times where i'm like uh, uh we've had 2020 we had some big mistakes where i was like oh no i blew it we're we, this isn't gonna last you know and 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 the lord graciously moved us through it learned a lot from it and he continues to sustain it and so there's part of me that you know i'd love to see it you know like yeah there's guitar center he's a musician outfitters but on the other hand i there's something really sweet about having enough and uh you know i hope that we'll you know grow to where i have more than that but on the other hand i i think that the lord is is so gracious to keep me dependent on him <laughs> and he's done that so much in my life where there he's put me into uncomfortable situations um whether it be teaching where i remember um having this thought in my head like i started teaching i was 21 you know and, and all those kids that i taught my first year they're now like kyle's age which is really <laughs> funny to me yeah. <laughs> uh, and so i was i felt like a kid you know i was like at some point all these adults are going to realize i'm a facade like that, that i shouldn't be doing <laughs> they're gonna this. catch me at some <laughs> they're point gonna catch me right yeah yeah right. And it took me you know maybe 12 10 12 years to realize you know what i think like not just anybody can do this this is yeah. something that I'm, oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of good at now you know and and we're leading worship at church has been kind of like that as well where you know i realize that i there's there's skills that i've developed that i'm i'm doing better at but you know as we grow as a church on the like the the management side of things the lord continues to stretch and keep me dependent on him and and that's such a, a wonderful place to be um and so with the business too it's one where you know there are a couple of brands that we've got right now that they're they're looking to grow and they don't know how to navigate like amazon for instance mm. and so they're kind of like oh well you take great pictures can we give you more permissions on amazon to do this thing and I'm like well i'll research it and figure it out can you give us discounts it's going to take us a lot of time nice and so there are all these things that like I can see will be 
very potentially good growth mechanisms. And yet there are also ones where I'm like, I'm going to kind of stick my neck out here into areas I'm not super familiar with. And I'm, you know, willing to put in the time to do that. And, but it, it's another one where I'm like, well, Lord, please, you know, shelter, protect us as we go through this. Um, because I do want to see us grow, like you're asking, um, and, and definitely have some benchmark goals. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I also always want to hold intention, this idea that, like, I want to trust God through that and what he has. I, he may kind of go, hey, you know, I want you to go into full-time ministry. I, the business is not your thing anymore. You're going to, I want to, I want to send you to seminary and you're going to be doing pastorate full-time or, you know, yeah. I, or he may go, hey, <clears throat> California is going to, going to do this new tax law and your business is going to just implode because it can't pay taxes. Sure. You know, I have no clue. And so there's always in the back of my mind going, Lord, I want to be ready for whatever you're going to do. And yet at the same time, keep diligently working toward those goals that I'm going, I think those are achievable and reasonable. And I always want to push a little past what those could be. Right. Um, and like my, my father-in-law, um, Terry, he says, you know, pray and plow. So there's this like tension between as the farmer and he grew up as a farm boy, you know, it's, it's this idea of you going, I'm submitting to God's sovereignty. I'm praying. I'm acknowledging he's the one who's in control. And yet I'm plowing. I'm diligent. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. And so I love that saying because I feel like so much of life is that where there's this like, um, I think it's Philippians 2.13 that where it says, um, work out your salvation of fear and trembling, knowing that it is God at work in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. And, you know, so this idea, like, um, I'm not saved by works. I'm saved to do things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and yet I know he's doing it in me. And uh, so I want to, you know, kind of hold that loosely in my hands going, okay, here's this business. I want to do it passionately. I want to do it um, diligently, but I also want to not make it the thing. I want, I want to be able to wake up in the morning and go, okay, God, what are you doing today? And yeah. help me be on board with that. Yeah, and I, and I think success is too often measured by income or some mountain that we're climbing. And I think I, I deal with this a lot in my role and work and stuff like that. It's it's kind of getting back to what are those core values that you hold firm to, right? So you know, spending time with my family, making sure that I can I can make it to church on Sunday, and I can I can still you know grow this this business and whatever growth means or looks like but still you know take care of all the responsibilities that i have i'm reading this daily devotional right now it's called unafraid and each day it talks about you know different you know major bible stories where you know us as humans are our tendencies either to fight or flight right and and i think in my life it's often it's easier to run away than to just dig in right but yeah. it's because we're not we taking our eyes off of God and Christ to, you know, follow his lead and, and let him take us down those paths. Probably why I've stuck in my job. I know we've had a lot of conversations offline about this, but I really admire you just, you know, hearing that call, creating that vision and just stepping forward, plowing day in and day out uh, for you and your family and the community as well. You know, that's awesome that you're employing, you know, Kyle and the involvement with the church. I mean, this it's really special and it's been neat to get to know you and your family and 
and worship together and and fellowship and all that kind of good stuff so it's uh you guys are a huge blessing to, to i know to us and to richard and his family as well as the rest of the community oh yeah so. absolutely <clears throat> thank you guys you guys are too I mean, well uh i like to refer to you as my local dealer if on a different topic uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> to lighten things up it's where we go to get our ernie ball <laughs> there you go i, I tell my mom strings. We got anytime we we need to, right before a show, we, we never plan, even though we might have a show booked out for weeks and we know it's coming, we typically call Jonathan, uh, you know, hey, an of. hour uh-huh. and say, hey, can we PayPal you really quick? Because we're Is gonna, it cool uh, if I swing by around 4.30? Is that all right? Uh, the light's still going to be on. You, you know, you're not having dinner or anything. Like, we're not interrupting. You don't have you. a life, right? Can I just come in? Like, a well, so, that, that's true. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> so a little plug for you that don't live here, you know, Musician Outfitters is exclusively online and, you know, they service all of your needs and have the utmost best customer service. So, you know, a little plug for you guys. And we are not being paid by any means. Maybe I'll get to play drums again in the near future. Probably but, not. Uh, <laughs> <All right>. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> swing and a miss i i did notice that john took his drums last week so you yeah. know i'm feeling like yeah. the writing's on the wall but it's okay it's all right well He's you like, almost nope. broke two sticks they're all done <laughs> they're there purple sticks too yeah so, oh my goodness so how do you balance you know between business and church and bible study and family and dad and husband and friend and and i and i'd love to hear some hunting stories if you'd like to share because uh you're looking Hiking at the, with guns you're looking at the three that's worst right. hunters uh west that's of right. the mississippi <laughs> i still haven't right. gotten anything i've seen yeah. tons of trails and everything i don't know but i don't know if you guys got anything this year jonathan but i went out and camped and i think travis went out and camped and he took taj i took cadence and we went our own little ways and we mapped out a bunch of stuff on onyx i saw trails and deer poop and beds and everything and not a single deer yeah, we, we joke that uh, we just go hunting with guns, killing time. There you go. <laughs> I know you need to make a t-shirt because this is yeah, like... Yeah, thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's tangible. funny, my wife being a vegetarian is like... I think if I was good at it or at all successful, she'd be very against it. But she has no problem with us going. Because like, she knows oh, yeah. you're not going to get anything. Get some we'll exercise. Definitely. <laughs> you need to walk a little bit more. You know, go get take your step kids. count in. That's right. That's yeah. Right. That's funny. Yeah, I've been so much you... more successful hunting rabbits than uh, deer. So. I've never even got that. I've never. I I think I killed a rabbit one time on accident with my BB gun when I was like eight years old, and. My grandpa made me throw it in a cornfield and I cried for like two days. Yeah. And then ever since I've been an adult, I actually went bird hunting a few times and I've killed like, um, I think doves. I killed a, yeah, I killed some doves and, um, mm-hmm. is it doves or just dove? Well, dove multiple, I killed multiple of the dove Plural and, uh, doves. jazz called me a monster cause they're monogamous. So, and I only, <laughs> I came home with three. So that means one like. is without its partner for the rest of its poor little life. Oh man! The lesson, Richard, is you only care. Uh, you can only kill polygamous creatures. Yeah, that's. I guess interesting. So. Wow. I guess so. Are deer polygamous, I think or do so. they not have a choice? I, you know, I think you're right. I think I think it's like a harem situation. <laughs> oh man! 
We're learning. Yeah. We we always learn new things on here. Every so, podcast. <laughs> so tell us about the balance. I mean, how do you, how do you do oh, it yeah. all? What do you, what do you do to ensure that you are spending the right amount of time in each of those major categories? That's a good question. Um, I often don't feel like I do. <laughs> um, Should we ask Julie? I know she's the planner yeah. of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the Google cool. calendar that is she gave us permission. To phone. Yeah, she approved this. She might not allow us to post it, but she approved this time. So we'll take it. Now, I I tend to, um, yeah, she's I, I, she's pretty epic. Yeah, uh, I remember what I my first year of teaching, I uh, I took over an elementary school classroom that at a little Christian school. Teacher quit like in November, and I got hired, and I had no clue what I was doing when it came to time management of classroom. I'm good at teaching, but man, I could just go on forever. And that also included papers. And so I got to report cards and I, I had like stacks of papers all over my classroom. And I remember just sitting there just completely overwhelmed going, what do I, I have like a weekend to finish this and create report cards. What am I going to do? And I got through it. It was fine. But Julie, uh, I still have the Word document somewhere. She typed up this list of like gentle suggestions about how to organize <laughs> yeah. my time nice or making sure i don't just save it till the end because i was a procrastinator oh yeah so i've gotten better at that i i tend to like routines are really helpful for me so if i can create a structure in my day where i try to do the same things all the time i do much better so um like that's just i don't do great with scheduling things i can do it but if it's just random schedules, I, I don't keep it all in my head, have to do a calendar, but routines are just powerful for me. So I get up at the same time, I go down, make some coffee, read, do any study planning for Bible study that I'm going to have. So it, usually I'm thinking in like 10 minute, 20 minute chunks to try to chip away at something. So like if we're going to learn a new song, we did Is He Worthy and Andrew Peterson song. Uh, for the first time two weeks ago and i started you know three four weeks back getting on song select ccli and going okay i'm going to listen to the melody on in the right key the key i'm going to do it in and then next day spend another 10 minutes just vocals then the next day i'm going to incorporate the guitar you know and it, and so give myself two three weeks and then it feels easy you know and so doing things in like 10 20 minute chunks to learn things or do things i found is is a, just a powerful tool. Yeah. So I'll set aside usually like Mondays and Tuesdays are times when after I've uh, done work at the business, I clock out at four, take the dog for a walk, get some exercise. And uh, cause I've been standing in front of a computer all day and then uh, go in, eat, sit down. I get PowerPoint ready for a Sunday. Any practice I need to do, print out music, go over it, make sure I've got order for songs. Tuesday, I'll kind of have a similar schedule, sit down, go through the music. So I know I'm ready for Wednesday practice um, and contact anybody, see if they need copies. And then, uh, you know, so then Wednesday is prayer meeting, music practice after dinner and do that, come home. And then Thursday, I'm doing preparation for Bible study and then Friday is Bible study after work and 
dinner and then Saturday is kind of like that's where I'm doing home projects as soon as I do picking and shipping back here and then get ready for church and uh, we do church and and then Sunday afternoon is kind of like everything shuts down and we'll do stuff with people have people over to our house or you know we tend to be bit introverted too so sometimes do that too many times a month and you just need to like get out and go for a hike as a family or something like that and julie and i have we tend to operate on the same wavelength as far as what we feel most loved by so if we can sit and just talk for 20 minutes in the evening 30 minutes in the evening catch up it's like date night you know every night sometimes that doesn't happen um but if i can do that um, usually that that's pretty good, but this year, one of my goals is to like once a month, get out and actually go on a date. Cause that's something we've been terrible about. We've been married for 20 years and, um, it's, it's never been consistent, but because we're pretty good just being able to sit and talk, it makes it easy. Isn't it nice when you're friends with the person that you're married to? It makes such a difference. I mean, me and, me and Jazz, we've only been married for like eight years, but it only feels like a year still, you know, because we're like, we're friends. We do the same thing, um, except at yeah. night, we don't really like, we talk and stuff, but it's usually our bonding experience is usually through, you know, four, five, six episodes on Netflix of whatever show that we're watching, you know, and then we talk in between and push pause and try and figure out what's going on in the show coming up, you know, and, oh, are you going to be right? Am I going to be right? And, I don't really like this show, but let's watch one more episode anyways, because I got to figure it out, you know, like, so isn't it just a blessing to be friends with the person that you're married to, to not just like, as if, cause a lot, you know, I, I don't know um, a lot of people with, you know, bad marriages per se, but I do have friends that are just like, where they, they're the stereotypical, like, man, we need to have a guy's night. Got to get away from my life. And I'm like an introvert, like homebody too. Like I'm geographically, confined to copperopolis i don't really want to leave i don't ever need to leave and i would never leave my house if i didn't (laughs) have to to be completely honest with you but i have to for work and to buy food and all the regular stuff that normal american people do but Mm -hmm. if i didn't have to leave man i wouldn't i'm telling you right now i'd hang out all the time so yeah it's tough I was reading, or I heard a report from a sports psychologist, and this was a year or so ago, and he was analyzing, you know, the different six, like what makes like the Michael Jordan successful versus, you know, the, the guy who maybe was on top and fell off. And it boiled down to having a rigid structured schedule to where like every second of their life was disciplined uh, so they could Jeez. be hyper-focused on whatever that goal is. And it's interesting, you know, when you relate that to, you know, our, our Christian life and it's like when we are hyper focused on the prize and the goal at hand, life just seems to fall in place. Right. Right. And it goes a lot in line with uh, Terry's message this last week, which was, was awesome. But it's like, when we start the, our world's crumbling around us and it's like, because we got off track and that focus is now derailed and we're running to the soccer field and it's not even like bad things per se, but it's just distractions mm-hmm. in life. It's right. things that, that throw us off that regimen that keep us hyper-focused on, yeah. you know, what we're intended to be doing when, and what's God's purpose for us in our life. We actually, as a band, uh, we were getting a little out of control booking wise at one point. 
to where it was definitely bleeding into our personal lives. And so we actually found this joint app and primarily it's because Richard and I are very like, um, we, we like to dream big and we're like, oh, we can do this. We can do that. And like, oh yeah, yeah. We, we you know, we can be over there yeah. and here at the same place. Uh, no problem. Right. So we got a, a shared app so that our wives could see when we were booking and committing to things so yeah. they were included in the conversation and could rain it back like, in a little bit. That one, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. You know, you still yeah. have kids. Right, you remember, right. you know, you still have kids. Like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Can yeah. we play that show on Friday? Or is that not a good <laughs> time to play that show? <laughs> but it was really good. And I think you learn those things. That, you right? That's right. <laughs> you want your daughter to know you, right? I mean, because uh-huh. there, there was a while where we were just gone a lot, you know what I mean? And so we Some included... people were sleeping outside. <clears throat> Some people were sleeping in comfy beds. <laughs> Some people were sleeping on a floor. Some people were sleeping in comfy beds. It was just one of those like road life situations, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we were made to do that full time. I think we were more for like internet stars. Right? <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I, I love the internet thing because, you know, you can I'm in my house. Yeah, yeah. I'm you staying in copper. In Copperopolis for Yeah. You know, and, anxiety and for- <laughs> I get when we go to these big, see, we went to LA and I was like freaking yeah. out. The whole time we were there and then okay he talks about how he's sleeping in an rv that was super uncomfortable he ordered us a room where we walked in and it was purple it was prince like it was a prince room everything purple beds purple walls purple everything and i was just like oh my gosh man you go outside we we're right dreams. on the corner yeah do you remember encino man when brandon frazier you know is like the caveman and he wakes up yeah. and now it's like what 1995 that That's was richard me. downtown la it's like come yeah. on yeah. buddy yeah like uh-huh. those are they gonna hold are, my uh, hand those people asking for money are not good people you know they're they're trying <laughs> to sell right. you bad things you know that's right wait you're gonna give me something that's white and snowflake you get a dollar <laughs> and you get a dollar uh, it's it's always <laughs> so a joy many friends right exactly or maybe you're more like elf maybe that's it yeah yeah there i am <laughs> definitely like you're, elf i'm singing and elf. laughing everywhere we go i'm not for, i tell people all the time i'm not for everybody and we go when we go into the city it's even worse because there's like a lot of people that are comfortable in their misery and i'm just not i'm happy right. and yeah. jumping around all the time and some people are just like shut up you're too happy <laughs> so one thing I we always like <laughs> one thing we always like to kind of end it's always a fun discussion is to talk about through what didn't work so well in a performance do you have mm-hmm. any stories that you could share to make us feel a little less horrible about some of our uh live performance screw-ups <laughs> do you have any you want to share with us and um commiserate <laughs> yeah i i got to play uh, at a wedding that was it was like the most I- idyllic setting it was somewhere near uh davis and it was this like little old church that was completely original, white, beautiful steeple. And uh, it was summer, it was so hot because there was like not even a swamp cooler. And so um, this gal was playing the piano and I was playing guitar and we were singing together and she did this amazing harmony. And it was this Phil Wickham song. I don't even remember the name of it right now, but uh, we were playing in the key of E and, and I was, you know, gonna like slide. No, it wasn't E. It would have been like, it was probably A. So the resolve, I was gonna go E shape, but up 
to A. And that was the end. And I went a fret too far. And so that's like, <laughs> and then like crept back, but it was too late. You know, it's like, it's yeah. always one of those things where you go, if you mess up, it's okay. Just end well, because people remember the end. Yeah, yeah. But like, you were at the end. That was the end. That was the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Like, who hired this guy? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this must have been a friend they were trying to be nice to. You know. Well, we joke uh, a lot on this podcast about uh, Richard and his love for Capoeing, but I have to oh, say, Richard, Jonathan to that. might have. We might have met our match here because Jonathan loves to change the key. Like right before, you know, we start the worship set and his poor dad's over there trying to transcribe it. And I'm just freestyling it most of the time anyway. So I'm like, it was going to be an experience one way or another. It doesn't matter. uh, (laughs) You're pretty used to it too. How often? I mean, I do it all the time. I just go bloop and I'll slide it. You guys are playing on the third. The capo (laughs) brothers. I've done that live too, like you were describing, but not, not in that same setting, not where you empty a bar. Um, oh we've done that yeah Uh when i did it it was it was in a worship set and i had like suddenly this realization that it was too late and my piano players giving me dirty looks and the bass player is kind of like whispering going i think it's i think he just went up another fret you know so (laughs) i'll just raise everything a little you know a step up and the piano player's like no, this isn't working. I'm and just stopping. No, no. And the thing about worship music is everybody has an opinion. Right. Oh, everybody, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter what yeah. age or background, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel about the situation. And you just got to smile and we'll do better next time. I promise. <laughs> so how, how can we uh, how can we plug your business? How can people get connected with musician outfitters? Uh, where are you guys at online? So we can uh, share the message out there with everybody. Yeah, so uh, we have a website that's musicianoutfitters.com. If you did a Google search for musician outfitters, you'll find that as well as we've got an Amazon page, eBay page, reverb.com page. And, uh, you know, kind of run the gamut on a lot of things for parts and, and accessories for instruments, mostly stringed instruments but you know some other stuff too we carry like reeds for clarinets and things like that some children's instruments recorders etc but uh like if you're looking at modifying a a strat you know we've got a lot of stuff for that so Um, if someone was looking for like a specific part could they reach out to you guys and oh yeah yeah Yeah, there's a customer service link on the on the website and uh, we we respond really fast so we'll get back to you on that but the website's pretty comprehensive so if you do a search on that if you're looking for a specific thing you'll find it usually yeah and if you put in the promo code chasing anthems it might increase your order by 10 percent that's, <laughs> so that's... Instead, you 75 75 and you'll get 10 percent off that's the tip jar but i think that goes straight to kyle's lunch fund that's right uh... <laughs> that's right anyways we want to thank you so much uh jonathan for joining us today and it's been a blast and we'd love to hear more in the near future about all the stuff you guys got going on as well as the church is growing and the buildings being built and so we're excited to to see all the fruit that's taking place in the church in the community as well so uh, we just want to thank you so much for uh joining us today and uh, letting us pick your brain and and just get inspired by you 
So yeah. uh, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. You guys are you do a good job. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're an artist interested in joining the conversation or would like to share your feedback, please email us at chasinganthems at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.